severely messed Artists like their boots are torn to shreds The government will spoil your hopes and dreams By offering a useless retreat and scheme There's such amazing talent, why can't you see That the government has decimated the industry And now the years of hard work have been thrown away Just get a real job. Hello and welcome to Just Get a Real Job, the podcast where we speak to emerging creatives and creatives alike from across the creative industries. I'm of course your host, Jamie McKinley, and we're recording this week's intro. Well, not I was going to say up Arthur seat. I'm technically nearly at the bottom of Arthur seat, but we're outside. It's quite late. It's about ten at night. It's a lovely evening in Edinburgh. The fringe is on. And yesterday we recorded our first live podcast of our run with Brown Bear and Sylvie, which was incredible. Such a great conversation. Thank you to everyone that came out to see that. Much appreciated. I was very, very nervous for it, but it was a really, really enjoyable night. And I can't wait for the next one with Black Scott Pod, which is on Wednesday night at the Voodoo Rooms, 20 past 7. Please come along and support. It's free. We also have another one the week after, if you can't make that, on the 24th. We're going to be joined by former podcast guests and regular guests, Joe O'Neill, Rebecca Riddle and Jasmine Gleeson. It's going to be a great night, great celebration of the podcast, that one as well. But this week's episode is coming out a few days late, I'm aware, because it's been so busy. So it's coming out on a Friday, so it's nearly the weekend, I guess. So that's great. And this week on the podcast, we're joined by a good friend of ours who has been supporting the Patreon for nearly two years, which is amazing news and he was on the podcast a long time ago in episode 12 it's my dear friend Kyle Dolan and he is currently in Edinburgh doing a show called Liars and Clowns a late night comedy show and he just popped round for a wee chat the day I was recording our first live show so yesterday at lunchtime we had a really nice chat about the fringe what we've been doing for the last couple of years because we haven't seen each other we've been we've been apart when he's been in Australia so it's a lovely little chat very honest about like sort of pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones, taking shows to the fringe. So yeah, it was just a lovely little catch-up episode. I didn't want to not do one this week, so I thought Kyle would be a perfect guest. It was a lovely chat. He also sort of spoke about what he's been up to in Australia, how to take a show to the fringe, just a lot of stuff like that. So I'll stop rambling. It's a great conversation. Hope the sound quality for this is not too bad. I beg to differ. But it's a very peaceful night out here in Holyrood Park, so eh. I hope you have a lovely weekend. Hope to see you at the live shows. The episodes will be going out as well. In a few weeks time but yeah have a lovely lovely day and i'll be back at the end hello kyle how are you doing nice to see you i'm good how are you i'm good so i'm just going to be very honest with the listeners me and kyle tried to record this episode about two weeks ago and um we're re-recording it because it, it just i don't know what it was it just didn't felt a bit unnatural I was, I was straight off the train like first time seeing you in like two years and he's like, come to my house, we'll record a podcast. Yeah. And I think it just, maybe just was a bit <laughs> surreal or whatever. And yeah, I don't know. But we're recording this during the Fringe. Of course, for the listeners, Kyle's been on the podcast a long time ago, like episode 12, like nearly... Fan favourite. Yeah, nearly two years ago, which is insane. Um, and you asked a question on one of the birthday episodes as well, right? Your voice? Probably. Or did you Probably. write? I don't remember. Um, so you've been on the podcast before. Um, at the time you'd just graduated, we were obviously at uni together and you graduated in, like a film, in film as a producer, mm-hmm. um, but you have sort of were away for like two years because obviously last time we recorded you were in quarantine hotel, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I was in uh, Perth in a hotel, two weeks, uh, no windows, well, I wasn't allowed to open windows and I wasn't allowed to leave because of quarantine and 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, in the hotel. What a weird, t- what, just what a weird two years though. Like, yeah. Well, I remember when we recorded like my dinner was delivered to the door like halfway through. So I had yeah. to like, go and answer the door and eat my dinner while we were doing the podcast. Yeah. Um, I remember like you'd just be like, and, you, and then we'd be like, I was asking you what the venue was and stuff. <laughs> and oh God, what a weird time how we entertained ourselves back then. Um, but obviously okay, we're recording this during the Edinburgh French. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. You have brought a late night comedy show over from the Adelaide. You had it at the Adelaide. Is it Adelaide Comedy Festival? Uh, Adelaide Fringe. Adelaide Fringe. Um, it, yeah, February, March this year, I produced this late night show, Liars and Clans. And um, kind of like, I, my intention was to bring it here eventually. So like the Adelaide Fringe was like a work in progress sort of, yeah. Um, sort of uh, to work it out, like work out the structure of the show and the, the right amount of comedians for each night, and um, really just had it kind of tease tease everything and like get make sure like it worked as a concept um, before I could bring it here. Um, and I think like the reaction there was like much better than I expected. Like I di- I didn't. You know, like I had some expectations, and then what happened was like more than than what I thought was was realistic. Um, so I guess yeah, like the fact that I kind of just like took that jump, took that leap, and yeah, and, and of, yeah, of course. I mean, we'll talk about the show a bit more yeah. as we go on. Um, but like, what we're about a week into the French? How long? How long did your show been? Like six. Yeah, I think this we've day, done six, six shows already. Six shows yeah. already. How how are you feeling so far? Because I, I was, I've obviously, I've also got a previous guest of the podcast so you know jasmine who was actually one of your stand-ups um on your sh- on one of the shows i saw last week she's staying with me for the fringe mm-hmm. and she's on like day seven as well and she's like st- was telling me this one i'm starting to get that tired she's feeling. doing two shows as well yeah, yeah. that's true well i'm yeah because because it's a late show it's so um i'm like using all this energy right before bed so like when i wake up even if i like not been drinking i still feel like hungover mm. so it's, it's a lot of adrenaline this- yeah, it's like all mm-hmm. like this rush of adrenaline and then this almost huge crash afterwards. Um, so it's like definitely a lot of sleeping during the day. Like just, it's about pacing. You I know? mean, like, you were late for this interview today. Yeah, I was, well, I was <laughs> focusing on, on stamina for the month. You know? <laughs> That's very fair, Kyle. Um, and of course, I mean, I'm going to be asking you for advice because today is the first tonight we have our first just get a real job live mm-hmm. shows so i'm a bit of a nervous wreck right now so you can, this is the one you're, you're my opening act <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting though it's like it's a new thing for you it's, it's like a yeah well sort of yeah. obviously did that one live show thing in lockdown to like a sort of socially distanced crowd of young it was like sort of 10 to 15 year olds who were at this sort of young people's film festival so it wasn't really our audience as much as i enjoyed it so this is like going to be well i mean i say this now it could just be you and a few <laughs> friends in the crowd but we'll see but it's, it's exciting I'm yeah absolutely terrified you can, I think see, it be you fun. can see me shaking it like, honestly um it's a good thing it's an audio medium no yeah, one can see the shakes at that's home. true um but like I mean, we'll come on. We'll, we'll quickly talk about this now, actually, and then we'll sort of come back onto it um, later in the episode. But like, when I came to see your show, mm-hmm. you'd also told me lots about it. You said it was a late night comedy show. Yeah. I knew you were hosting it. I kind of just thought maybe you'll introduce the acts. Yeah. Maybe like one or two jokes. When I came to see the show on Friday, I, I'll be very honest. I'd had a few drinks, and um, <laughs> it's been all supportive, a bit rowdy. You know, we're cheering our friend Kyle on. And uh, you did like a, a sort of, you do like a bit of like a stand-up set, yeah, you said like five minute bit. And it's like, like five, sh- seven minutes at the top and just to like... I was shocked. Welcome the show, you know, like, yeah, like I've kind of been, yeah, working towards that, you know, like, I guess over the last year I've had more free time to, you know, uni's done, 
needle in your hobby. So kind of just like focusing on that, getting ready for the, the Adelaide Fringe and then, yeah, like I guess tweaking it mm. as it goes. And, and it's, a lot of it's about like confidence, like trying more things. And, and, and so I guess the more the Fringe goes on, the more like material you put into the, the bits and it just gets a bit longer each time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I was absolutely shocked. So, like, yeah. <laughs> do you have? Do you have? We'll, we'll, I mean, we'll come on to the process of that. Yeah. Bit more, but like, do you have any advice for me today, going on in front of a crowd? Like, think, what, what, what would you say to me? Like, I think because I'm shit at it. I'm. This is. I guess this is more very subjective. But I think I. I almost like to over prepare to the point where I can get to where I don't need anything I've prepared. Like, if something, it like that pops up in the room happens, you can kind of derail. But you know yeah. you've got like all this prepared stuff to come back to, so it doesn't just completely go off the rails. Um, I suppose it's maybe harder with stand up, though. I suppose I'm lucky in the sense that I, I guess I've got the guest dying behind a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but I mean, if you, if you just have question after question, you can kind of. I've written you know, over. I've overwritten my questions well, deliberately. Not bad. I thing. doubt I'll get through them all, but like yeah. I kind of had this weird thing because obviously, as you know, like most because I know you've been very supportive of the podcast as well, and normally like record on zoom a lot of the time mm-hmm. or remotely and for some reason i'm really good at doing that because i don't feel exposed no one can really see me yeah, i don't have yeah, to worry yeah. about my hand gestures i don't really have to work about it i've obviously <laughs> done this is a real life recording obviously we've done some yeah um and i'm quite comfortable because well you know we're, we're, we're pals I've, i don't think i can really do anything less embarrassing than i do on a daily <laughs> basis anyway um but like i don't know it's kind of like it's just different like I, had, I was writing the questions last night and um i was like the fear was like, it was like creative block. I just couldn't yeah, write. I yeah. was like scared. I was like, but then I was like, you just got to do it. Like, it's all good. But I think, I guess the way your format is, is like, you'll ask the prepared questions and then whatever they respond, like that might pop a new yeah. question like on well, the spot. Well, this is know? actually, you're speaking about the format question. This is actually really interesting because I've had these two people on the podcast before because tonight we're interviewing Brian Bear and Sylvie. This episode will go out after the live show. So I'll let you know <laughs> in the intro how it went as well. But um, obviously that episode will come out as a recording later in the month as well but because I've been interviewed them both before mm. I'm sort of it's off script for me a little yeah, bit so yeah. it's like new questions it's totally different so I, I don't even have the, the format to hide behind which... so it's like a, a it's a deep dive isn't it You're yeah into... kind of a deep dive and th- th- kind of like this though this interview is yeah. a bit this is why it's good practice because I've interviewed you before so we're yeah. not really using the same format questions um, but obviously let's let's wind back a bit because I mean until two weeks we hadn't seen each other for like nearly two years so it's, it's been great <laughs> having you back in Edinburgh for a start um, it's been really nice to like see the show and stuff but how's the sort of last 18 months to two years been since you were left Edinburgh yeah, what, what was Australia like crazy I mean Australia I, when I left Scotland Scotland was in the middle of like all its lockdowns December 2020 like it was almost like no, no end in sight and then Australia was almost the exact opposite like they had mostly complete freedom in some ways um and then I get there, and then a couple COVID cases sneak through, and then was it you? I, I no, I, I spent a lot all my time in lock in co in isolation. You so had I that two like, week hotel yeah, stint. So I was, I was yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So like a couple cases broke through, and the way Australia handled it was they didn't actually create anything to handle it because they didn't need to. They blocked it at the borders, so as soon as one thing came through, they were they were screwed, and then. Like Melbourne was just in and out of lockdown for the last like two two years, um, and even now like Australia is kind of struggling a bit um, because I think they kind of had this big lead and then got cocky. Um, 
So it was, it was odd. It was odd for me, like going back there, because there was all this freedom, and then as soon as I leave, kind of things started opening up in the UK, and like you know, like yeah. a lot of people we know started getting like film, like runner work on films, and then I go to Australia and like there's not as much film as stuff as there was the year before because it's kind of going into lockdown. So I don't know, maybe I am the, the bad omen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it is me. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's gone all right so far. Anyway, you're back now. You've got your, you got your comedy show, which is, yeah. I think, I mean, I'm, I keep saying we'll talk about it later in the episode, but I guess it's sort of <laughs> the main theme. But like, yeah. um, what, what, so how did this show originally come about? Like, in terms of it, before Adelaide, had you, yeah. I mean, I know you, you'd been working at some festivals in Australia. So I've, I've done the Adelaide Fringe and Melbourne Comedy Festival, like working at box office, call center sort of stuff. Um, and I knew that I, I wanted to be in Adelaide this year for the Fringe. And I kind of knew I would be a bit frustrated if I wasn't producing a show of some sort. So I knew like, I'm, I'm gonna be here, I may as well do something creative. And so I kind of took a few months to just bounce ideas around my brain. Um, and I, and I thought this sort of late night mixed bill lineup show was kind of, it was a challenge and yeah, something I thought that I could do, but that would still like challenge me. Like it, it's, it wouldn't be easy, but it was something I, I wanted to properly try. And then, yeah, and I was watching like a lot of. Taskmaster and 8 out of 10 cats does countdown and sort of like yeah I didn't want it to be like just a conventional sort of people are just doing their sort of bit I wanted it to be more of like a, a loose sort of jam the way I pitch it is like a jam session for comedians um, he says this in the intro of his show by the way <laughs> I've heard it twice <laughs> um, it's yeah simplest way to, to explain it um, and then yeah I mean like about this time I reckon it was July last year me and my friend Alex sat down. He he did the graphic design for the poster. Um, we sat down on Zoom for about three hours one day and just like talked about the vibe I wanted to create for the show and and how to convey that in the poster and because like yeah like I, I I have this like Pinterest folder of like fringe show posters that I've I've been kind of using as a mood board and sort of like mm-hmm. I've got like good examples and really bad examples and just wanted it to be like. Something that conveyed that there had been a lot of thought that had gone into the poster design. It wasn't just a generic sort of... And did you have whatever. the name Liars and Clowns at the time? Or did that it, come? That came a few months later. Um, I took that name from a song from uh, in a musical called Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. There's a song called Comedy Tonight. And there's a lyric in that that's Bring on the lovers, liars and clowns. And I heard that song and I'm like, that... Liars and clans. We'll leave lovers perfect. We'll leave lovers out. Leave out. Yeah, it's probably a bit too long, but uh, <laughs> but then yeah, I thought that just fit fit nicely because I didn't want it to be just like a generic sort of late loosey goosey sort of title. Um, I want it to be a specific sort of show that you could craft and that it could, the show could evolve over time, rather than just be like a this is a late night show um, that only kind of pops up in the fringe. So yeah, it's like I wanted a bit of flexibility with what the show could be and evolve into um, which I think th- and I think that it's working the only problem is like I've got it like in the guide it says Liars and Clowns a late night comedy show because like people would have no idea what it was just based on the title um, but yeah like it's um, 
it's been interesting like looking doing like just the progress or the evolution of it from that sort of trying to come up with a design to now which is like over 12 months yeah and it's like well when you yeah. took that to adelaide because i take it before that yeah did you think i'll definitely do it this year or did you think i'll do it at some point or did you always push yourself i'm going to do it in adelaide i'm going to make it happen i think it was it was sort of like it everything kind of clicked to the point where it was like because i'd done i'd done fest, working in the festivals before and i knew like oh i could make a, a, a bit of money for it. and it's like just a great experience being in adelaide during the fringe is the best time to be in adelaide um so i thought is it not rumored to be very quite boring the rest of the time it's uh <laughs> Because obviously Daniel Sloss, a comedian, I'm a very much big fan of. Phil Pfeiffer as well. Shout He's out to not Daniel. a fan of Adelaide. We're not friends at all. I don't know why I'm shouting him out. He's <laughs> never going to listen to this. Um, but, you know, he always says Adelaide's like one of the most... And you talking about bit, yourself. You it's said a, it bit a bit sleepy. Like I think it's... Sleeper town um, vibes. It's, yeah, it's nice, but it's like... It's not as thriving as like Melbourne or anything. Um, but during the Fringe, it is amazing. It's like... It's this whole different city. Um, and, I, and I think... Yeah, and I was like, I knew I wanted to be there for that because, like, you know, I could see my friends, I could, you know, see all these amazing shows, and like, I, because like it, when I've done it previously, I've not really done a show, and I felt I was missing out on this chance to be creative um, and gain experience doing something. So I'm like, why not just take? It was almost like just take it, just take this opportunity and just see what happens, you know? Like, yeah, we ended up doing seven shows. Um, and COVID again makes an appearance of this, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to do nine and then I got COVID in the last week, um, which is, it was like a, a bit of a blessing and a curse because I was, I needed a rest for a week. And then I was going to Melbourne for the comedy festival, um, which gave me a bit of immunity from the from COVID for that. Um, so I could really properly enjoy that. Um, yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm sort of. But I mean, again, you sort of talked about this the last time we had you on the podcast. Like you and your brother, that like, used to do a lot, be like watch a lot of comedy together. Obviously, you'd mentioned like Taskmaster, eight out of ten cats, yeah. does countdown and stuff. But like growing up, comedy was always around, right? It was always something. We'd always watch. We'd always go to see the Fringe, because um, again, like in Adelaide, that's when most comedians would come. We'd get the occasional big tour, but it, it was very rare. Um, so we saw Billy Conley when I was like 15, I reckon. He you saw came, Billy Conley? He came Never and did like I didn't think you told me you'd saw him live. I didn't realise this. I'm very, very, very jealous. 10 years ago. He's like yeah. the OG. He's like yeah, the, he's he is the GOAT comic. He was on for like three hours. Yeah, just no, he's himself, just such a good storyteller. Yeah. Did you read his book that came out recently? No, I really. Oh, it's I've so good. It's good. So I listened to it and I lo- what's so good about it is like... Billy Conley will tell stories and he laughs as he's and he has the most even if it's not even funny right <laughs> he's the most infectious laugh so him laughing at his own stories is just the most it, yeah. it, oh man see when he passes away I actually think that, and you know when, how like in this country like when the queen dies there's like mm. this whole I think we should scrap that and we should just replace <laughs> it for when Billy Conley dies we have like a week of mourning week for him yeah. just all watch his comedy on like repeat because yeah. honestly so good and he's one of the big yin. Yeah. oh man he's just there's something, he's got something about him which I, 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 I don't know I've never I, there's a lot of people I look up to and admire, mm. but like there's something about Billy Conley. Like, he'd probably be my number one dinner guest if yeah. I could pick up someone. You know, the question like, who would you have dinner yeah, with? Yeah. He'd, he'd be on that list. It'd be, I would. I would not say a word. I'd just listen to him. No, talk I wouldn't need night. to speak. If I interviewed him, I'd just say Billy. I'd take the floor. Yeah. I wouldn't say a word to you. Um, yeah. uh, but like, was there any other sort of? Input? Yeah, I mean, we don't. So like in Australia, the Melbourne Comedy Gala is massive, 
and um, yeah, we'd always watch that as as a kid um, on TV. And I don't know if it's maybe it's like nostalgia, but like I look back at like the ones I watched when I was like seven, eight, nine, sort of thing. Um, and I feel like I watch it today, and I'm like, it's not as good as it used to be. And I don't know if that's just like rose tinted goggles or whatever. But um, yeah, like it was just always there, and um, like my parents used to always talk about Edinburgh Fringe. Um, and then I came here as a kid when I was like eleven or twelve with my mum for like a couple of days, mm-hmm. and it was this just sort of you know like bizarre experience of like nothing I'd ever seen, and I think that was partly why I wanted to move back to the UK when I was older yeah that so I like, remember when we met at yeah. uni you always said that like that was the sort of thing that we made you want to come out to Edinburgh yeah and then ironically I mean I know you worked the fringe in 2019 then ironically all our dreams like oh we'll be on the masters of fringe but <laughs> covid sort of fucked yeah, that yeah. so this is well, actually the first year we kind of got to have that experience yeah. that we used to dream about on our masters it was, it was spooky in, in 2020 walking around in August and it was just a there was you city. didn't have to queue for a coffee yeah. for like half an hour like waiting a bus yeah. for it takes double the time yeah I mean yeah. so I'm saying the negative parts of the fringe this the thing about the fringe i love the fringe it's been so nice having it back again and i've loved seeing some shows i mean it's only a weekend i think i've seen mm-hmm. like four or five shows already and it's you know obviously taking a show there myself and stuff is yeah, lovely yeah. but the one thing i forgot when i left so i stayed at my girlfriend's last night and i'd commuted back to my here for work this morning and like the bus did like double the time and you do forget <laughs> the little tiny annoying thing when people just forget that people work here the rest of the time so, you know you're in a rush for work and people are flying you're yeah, like yeah. please and just, <laughs> you know but it's it's lovely to have it back i think yeah, there's a lot of downsides to it, but it's like the highs are so high, but yeah. the lows are so low. I think as well. it's just the inequality of it that yeah. it's so hard to take a friend show to, like, if you don't have a lot of money and yeah. stuff. And, like, I don't think it's meant, you know, we had a guest on a few weeks ago, Tamsin, and she was talking about how the fringe is meant to be like. You know, the fringe meant to be like the sort of it's it's fringe on the side, but if you're not like a mainstream massive name, then you're unlikely going to make any money at the fringe. You're probably going to have to invest like a lot of money to be here. And there are people who like pay thousands of pounds for PR to get on. Like, you see these lists of like fifty top fifty acts to Mm -hmm. see in the fringe, and a lot of them have like paid to be on yeah. that list and then they get rid of the app this year as yeah. well which is just crazy um, well, they don't they just ignore Scottish acts yeah um, well I mean we'll, we'll both plug some shows at the end of yeah. this episode to like yeah. you know um, apart from our own uh, <laughs> shows of course um, but just quickly sort of come back into your journey so obviously how, how did Adelaide go with the show apart from the Covid and missing all it was good I mean Adelaide's famous for um, audiences not buying tickets ahead of time mm. so like um and with COVID, like, people were, I think, were a bit more reluctant to book tickets in case shows got cancelled and everything. Um, so it was, I think, a more nervous anticipation, like, in the build-up. Obviously, it was the first shows and everything, but, like, the fact that people weren't buying ahead of time and then it was, like, this mad rush on the day mm. um, made it a very... This is hard, just nervous, because you turn up to your show, is anyone going to turn up? Yeah, yeah, in a but you must have that a bit now as well, then, but like I do a bit, um, but I think ticket sales are a bit healthier here um, ahead of time. Yeah, um, so but in Adelaide, I mean, like a lot of my friends came to like the second show, so I think that kind of I was I was very relaxed about that. It was like that was the most relaxing experience because I knew people would show up, um, 
But I, I think part of it, especially because it is a late night show, it's a loose show. Even if there is a, a small audience, it can still be a decent show because, like, if if there's like ten people, but they all really get into it, then that's more fun with like thirty people who aren't giving much. They're too self-conscious to laugh. Um, so it's like each night's so different and it's mm-hmm. so bizarre. And like I just kind of, it's almost like a selfish show in a way because I just book acts that I want to see. So it's like, and that you want to be friends with. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, like, like what show do I want to see? I, and Or like, maybe I don't have time. So I'm like, let's book them to do 10 minutes so I can see like mm. this chunk of their show. Um, and it's, it, it's, pr- it's provided like some bonkers, some experiences that I, very out of the box sort of, you know, boundary pushing sort of comedy that I'd, it's almost like you didn't know that that was possible because it's like you don't always see that sort of weird stuff on TV. Mm. Um, and was that sort of a, was that something that you captured well in Adelaide? I think so. Oh, I, I, yeah. I think. Well, the focus has always been on like more alternative comedy rather than like conventional style. Um, but the fact because it's four acts, the sort of priority for me is is like a diversity of style. So even if you do have like a conventional sort of straight stand-up um, mixed with like a musical comedian mixed with like sketch comedy or something like mm-hmm. that, it's like as long as there's four distinctly different acts, yeah. I think that's like the aim. But see, but see the Adelaide show. Did you did you do your stand-up bit that you do in Edinburgh, or is it sort of evolved? Because that's what I really want to ask you about. Because I, I was, did. I just say shocked. I did. Yeah, it was in a, a sort shorter. of nice way. I mean, I just didn't, yeah, I, kinda, I, I was just like. It's, it's odd... weird when you see a f- somebody you know really well yeah. doing like some. F- like, it's like if you went to see in a play as well. It's kind of yeah. weird because I know it's you, yeah. but then I, and it's because I didn't <laughs> expect it. I was just like, I don't know. It, it was almost like nervous in a way because yeah. it's like I was like, oh my god, this is like a risk. And, yeah, like, yeah. Well, I think um, it's an odd thing to like share. It's almost like it sounds arrogant to share. It's like yeah, like come see me do comedy because it's like such a specific thing. It's like if people aren't laughing, then it's considered bad. So it's like, if you invite friends to do that or like even say like, I'm going to do this, it's like, it is a risk. Um, so it, it is, it is nerve wracking for sure. Um, but yeah, I did, I think in Adelaide I did basically what you saw, maybe a bit shorter, but then it kind of beefed up a bit over the, the few shows. And then kind of had to adapt it to the, the specific room that we're doing it in here a, a bit more as well. But yeah, I think it's been about like kind of gaining a bit more confidence as well over the over the run. And even now in this these last six shows, um, this last week, like I felt more confident each night. And um, and is there like when you were writing those jokes, do you write them down on paper? Do you try them out in the mirror? Do you do, you do <laughs> it to your brother who I know you collaborate with? There were a couple of times when I'd like just be I talk to my brother and like just have a bit of banter and then like in my head I'm like oh that that could be a bit of a stand up and then there are times when I like go try it like at an open mic in Adelaide um and even like there's a bit now that I was like telling a friend a story and then as I was telling him I was like I, I took my phone out after and like took notes because mm-hmm. I was like oh that that made him laugh so like maybe it'll make yeah an audience laugh um, and then I reckon like the stuff that you saw, I reckon it probably would have taken like two or three months of workshopping that. 
I usually do like write everything down kind of mm. roughly um, first up and then it's kind of easier once you're on stage to adapt it. Has it been bits than... that bombed that you just cut? Yeah, although it's interesting. So in Adelaide, it is difficult to get audiences to shows outside of Fringe. So there have been bits that have, that have gone up and bombed like two or three times and then I do it to a, like a bigger crowd and then it finally works. I'm like, oh, like I was right. Like it's a, it's a, it's a very nice feeling of like being like, Backing yourself almost. Well, to be it, like, what's so interesting yeah. about it is, right, so I saw your show Friday and Saturday, yeah. so because I'm such a good friend, two nights <laughs> in a row, everyone, um, both really enjoyed them in different ways. Friday I loved because the crowd and the fringe on Friday, it was electric, every comedian was was, was funny, but he, like he, on Saturday, all the comedians were great as well in different ways. I enjoyed, like, all every act I actually did really enjoy. But the crowd... Most notably with you, like mm. your stand-up. But so on at the start on Friday when you did your stand-up, yeah. the crowd seemed really up for it. They were laughing at most of your jokes. Um, you know, not everyone because I'm not joking. <laughs> but they, you know what I mean, they seemed there. A lot of your humour was landing well, and your yeah. stuff was landing well. Saturday you came out. I'm not. This isn't a way of me trying to bash you, but like there wasn't a lot of laughter. Like it was like a few times maybe people would laugh at you, yeah. but like it was just it was kind of awkward. It's and it, a, was, it made no sense because you were doing yeah. the exact same stuff. So it was a really interesting for me who yeah, doesn't know yeah. as much about comedy as you, and like you know isn't as interested in comedy maybe as someone like you, mm-hmm. just to see the difference in like a crowd in it's, one night and how that can affect a, an act. It's really fascinating, and um, I think. And again, because I'm going on first, it like sometimes the audience needs to warm up a bit, um, so it's like, even if, yeah, there might not be like an outward reaction, but then like, you know, by the the first or second act, they might have warmed up. Um, but yeah, I think well, I think Friday show was the best so far. Like the mm. energy was just spot on. It was unreal. Like, it was very high. I energy. wasn't sure if it was because I'd had a drink, but then I think <laughs> everyone because I, I went to toilet after. This is yeah. what I was really proud because I was like, "That's my mate's show," and everyone was raving. They'd had a great yeah. time. It was just a very fun show. It, the energy was just so up there. It was Saturday? There was really good acts and stuff, and yeah. some of it was funny, but the energy just wasn't quite there. It was an it was interesting vibe. Yeah, I think it was. I'm not yeah, like first first week of the fringe probably just. People taking a risk, you know, mm. maybe they didn't know what to expect. But, yeah, um, but what was the but thing? It was still a fun show, I thought. F- so, yeah, anyway. it was still good. What was the thing that comedian said to you? What was his name again? Um, oh yeah, Stuart Goldsmith, great um, comedian. Is that really good? Yeah, he was. He has a podcast called the Comedians Comedian Podcast. Yeah, um, where he's interviewed like everyone, um, and yeah, yeah, he was basically saying that like the Saturday night crowds are typically like people who are just kind of looking for a night out and like. Just, just the night out is the, the what they're looking for. Whereas, like, more midweek shows, you'll probably get really, like, comedy nerds in the audience. Yeah, um, people that are more interested in out-and-out comedy. Yeah, or, like, the, the more risky or, like, mm-hmm. alternative sort of style. Which I, which I think is a fascinating sort of theory. Um, I think it... I kind of can get that. Yeah. I think I noticed that a little bit which on the weekend, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, but just to sort of wind back, because a lot of people listening might maybe want to take a French show to yeah. the Fringe next year, and we can kind of maybe both talk about this in yeah. different ways because we're both taking shows in a totally different way yeah. as well. Because um, I did the free Fringe, because so it's not as cool at all. Um, but like, <laughs> how did still... you sort of take the show from Adelaide to Edinburgh? Because how did you go about doing that? So I, I can't remember what the timeline was, but I reckon. I would have put an expression of interest in maybe January. Um, it's like before we'd even opened in the Adelaide Fringe. 
um, and I'd like already booked a couple acts, so I, I was able to use like their names and say, oh, these are the types of acts that we're booking. Um, and I kind of applied everywhere. I applied Free Fringe, I applied Assembly, Underbelly, Gilded mm. Bloom, like all of them. Um, and Underbe- Assembly was the one that gave me this offer and, and they were very um, encouraging and like helpful straight from, straight from the word go. And like, you could tell that they, they've, they're a machine. They, they do the Fringe every year and they do it. They know like how to do it. And, um, yeah, definitely felt a lot of support from, from like the get go. And it's like, it, it's not cheap, but it's like, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's a risk to do it, um, do the paid fringe, but like, I think having the assembly name has also helped when like approaching acts. And if you maybe have, so you're saying if you're able to, which a lot of people obviously want in a cause living yeah. crisis, but if you're able to afford the risk or like save up for the risk, yeah. or, I mean, as you very openly have, have been honest about, you're probably going to make a loss on this show, right? Yeah. Or I just I'd, about break even. I'll hopefully break even, I think is... Like, I was wiping the sweat <laughs> from his brow as he says that. But it's, it's almost like it's, it's a training ground as well. Mm. So it's like, if, if the best way to gain experience so it's like yeah almost a necessary evil um but yeah i think and i th- i applied i applied to assembly assuming that i would do it in the free fringe like i, I didn't assume i would get assembly so it was like, it was almost like i'll just apply and just see what just just for just for the sake of it and then i ended up being accepted so it's almost like you never know like don't don't say no to yourself before like they do mm-hmm. um, yeah because you never know what might happen no that, that's very that's really yeah. useful and of course like as I sort of touched on like I mean I, that's one route of doing it mm. I think if you maybe don't have any money or you're not willing to lose a lot of money like you know someone like myself um, but it was also the case was I'm only doing free I only wanted yeah, to do yeah. free nights and it didn't really feel like it didn't feel worth applying to and putting money on something that's only going to be a short yeah. thing so i think if you wanted to even try something out this year well not this year but next year yeah and then see if you want to take something to the fringe i think the, the, the free fringe is a great way of doing it yeah um because you just can just apply to it and they'll give you a slot and you know for example we were really lucky we got a really quite a good venue a good time like 20 past seven at the voodoo yeah. rooms Really I mean, we'll see how it goes tonight, but I think it's it's a decent room and like for what we're sort of doing at the level we're doing it, I think it'll, it's a good opportunity. So I think there's that option as well, and it's quite easy to apply. You just yeah. do a website, you just write what you want to do and stuff, and you know they they sort of I've gauge heard, you through it. I've heard some people say that the free fringe is where you you make money in the fringe because you've got the buckets like, and you're not you don't have as many overhead costs like. People make money in the free fringe more than the the paid fringe. We well, heard it here first. They'll get the bucket out tonight. Been, that's what I've been hearing. Out. Yeah, from. Um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, how like what have you learned? Sort of back to your show and stuff. What have you learned sort of so far from doing it this like last six days? Um, I think I'm going to include Adelaide in my answer here. Yeah, but I think in, in terms of like professionalism, I've learned so much in like such a short time. In terms of like. Not just like on stage, but like off stage, how you like, I guess, communicate with agents, like booking acts through agents sometimes. And even just like, we've had some acts who like have been performing for like 12 hours that day, like starting in the morning, doing a show then, and then one in the afternoon, one in the evening, and then coming to do my late show. And they still show up and they still give it their all. Um, and it's like, that's the sort of level, if you, if you want to be taken seriously, that's kind of the, the sort of standard or professionalism you need to... Mm. 
bring when you commit to doing a show. And then contrasting that with like acts who kind of back out last minute without, like they just don't want to do the show anymore or like don't even rock up sometimes. Um, and and a very, it puts things in perspective. Um, so I think that has been the big, the big sort of, yeah, thing I've learned in terms of like etiquette and like how to behave yourself in, in a professional um yeah. Capacity how how have you sort of gone about booking comedians for the show? So it's a mix note. of um, a mix of yeah, going through agents or sometimes Instagram if I don't have an agent, or if I know them personally. Like like when I did front of house at Monkey Barrel, I met a few there, um, and then kind of added them on Facebook mm-hmm. at the time, and then kind of messaged them. And they've have they been quite helpful because comedians are all kind of very supportive of each other. I yeah. love I love how supportive that sort of. I've, is. I've definitely yeah. found like I'm, like ninety nine percent of people have been very like encouraging and and you know like tr- like supportive and and I, I think like when other co- when comedians recommend my show to their friends like that that's a sign that I'm doing something right. Um, so I got a lot quite a lot of that in Adelaide where like we'd have an act on one week and then a couple of days later I get a message on Instagram being like well this act recommended me to do your show um, and I, so I think that was a, a very nice sign that I was on the right path and then similar things have kind of started happening here as well mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm quite happy and have you had some of the same acts that you had in Adelaide come to Edinburgh and, and do the show yes, again? Yes, uh, Josh Glantz, who oh you saw. Oh my God, so is, funny. So <laughs> Balfour, who I live with, um, of course, and who definitely doesn't listen to this podcast, can guarantee you that. <laughs> he, loved his, he loved him so much that he went and saw his show oh. on Monday. I'm definitely going to catch him. I think he's on in the hive and I can't is remember that monkey barrel yeah in, it, it's, it's in the afternoon sometime. yeah 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 it's, it's, it was really fucking funny very absurd really yeah, absurd like, hilarious though I was in, I was lost I, so good I think he his, his act is like the perfect style for what I want to showcase as well it's like you, you never you will never see that anywhere other than like the fringe festivals because mm. it's like such a, a an absurd sort of out there act and, and it's yeah. it's my favorite type to watch like he's, he's incredible yeah um, have there been any other sort of stand well standout comedians that you've had on the bill so far or anyone that you'd really like it's been great that you, um, in the last six days gary Starr, who you saw was very quite amazing funny. as well um, you, you see the one that got my friend nile yeah, on stage yeah um athena he, <laughs> he oh breaks, my god yeah he does so all funny. of greek mythology in an hour yeah um he's also been like incredibly supportive because I tried to get him to do it in Adelaide, but he wasn't doing like little spots. He was just doing his own show. Um, but like I, I met him and like chatted to him at the artist bar, and he was like so. Um, we'll check you out, your big shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the whole point of doing it. You know? Get him to the, these cool places. Yeah. Um, but he's like, um, yeah, he he was just so supportive and, and saying like, oh, like he was kept kept an eye on like who I was booking and sort of saying like I've been booking good act um, and then when I, I bumped into him in Melbourne he was like and I said I was going to Melbourne, uh, Edinburgh he was like I'll do your show like I'll put you in touch with all these other people um, I'll, like, I'll help you get all these great acts for your show so he's been like incredibly incredibly kind and he'd never even seen the show before he helped to he offered to do all this help and stuff um, another one Vigo Venn who's a Norwegian 
clan. Um, he was he was on on Sunday and like I don't even know how to begin to describe it. He just like destroyed destroyed like the room basically. Like he was yeah. I don't I don't even know. Like the that whole night was chaotic. Like the microphone stand was coming apart from from the get go and like mm-hmm. it was just a pure chaos, but like in the best way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And and who's coming up? I mean, because we're only on day six. How many days? Like twenty odd days to go. Or something. Yeah, a long time. We're not um, there yet. I'm excited for this Sunday, the fourteenth. We've got Flo and Joan. They're like a musical comedian act. Um, they're very funny and and like great musicians. Um, we've got Larry Dean on the eleventh. Cool. Who's a Scottish comedian? Um, yeah, I've got a guy called Sam Campbell on the 18th who uh, he's an Australian and he's I don't, I don't even know how to describe him he's just he won the like the best show at Melbourne a couple of years ago and he's um, he's just yeah I don't know I don't even know, think there is a word to describe him but I'm really yeah. excited to see what he does no it's cool and what time is the show and just for people as well it's we'll on link at, in the show notes it's also. on 10.20pm every night except the 15th and 16th of August um, at the assembly rooms on George Street in Newtown not the ones in the in the university we've had a few people go there instead um, so make sure you go to the one in Newtown the assembly rooms cool 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 um, and just I've got just this question can tell me we'll have to wrap up in about five minutes because I'm on the clock here Kat. Um, but like what do, have you been I've noticed when I saw your show it, mm. it's quite gender it's gender is equal like you know you've two female comedians two male comedians are you making like a conscious effort to try and make it like diverse and I mean I know it's very diverse in terms of acts mm. anyway but that must be is that something you're very conscious of Cause, yeah I, mean, I, def- I definitely don't want a, an all male lineup. so like the, yeah like the consciousness is there can't be zero non-male comedians um but what I found is because I've like focused on the diversity of style as the priority, like other kinds of diversity just naturally happens because mm. you, you know, like you're not gonna you're not gonna see all these different styles of comedy from the same type of comedian, if that makes sense. So it's like, mm. yeah, I think it's it's definitely been something I've been conscious about, and because you will just get different voices, different styles, different. Yeah, like and it's obviously covered. very important. Yeah, it's it's I think yeah, it's necessary. Something um, we need to you yeah. know be aware of. Yeah, um, I was going to say next. Damn it! <laughs> uh, and obviously, I mean, when you were last on the podcast, mm-hmm. you were more interested in working in film yeah. and being a producer and stuff. And I mean, I, I mean, I guess everyone evolves in the two yeah. years. But do you think from doing the French stuff? I mean, do, are you thinking stand up? Are you thinking think- maybe quickly to work? as a sort of com- in comedy somewhere whether that be TV live like managing comedians working with comedians in, yeah, in like a creative way I still want to pursue the film and TV stuff um, and I think long term that's where I want to go um, and I think like the sort of writing producing side of things is like the behind the scenes stuff is where I, I, I want to go more, mostly um, but yeah I, I kind of like having multiple things I can do because um, if I, you know if, like t- if the TV film work is, is drying up a bit I can just produce my own live show um, it's, I think it's a good skill set to have it all sort of ties in it's all transferable anyway yeah yeah. it's all like like the, the stuff that I learned studying producing at the Screen Academy has helped so much doing this like learn knowing how to produce 
something has helped. Mm. Um, yeah, so transferable. But also, like, I, like I think in Australia, there's not much of this sort of late night comedy show that's on TV the same way it is here with like Live at the Apollo. And I'm like, you know, like maybe I combine the two and like kind of in a few years try and develop this towards something for TV. But like, hmm. um, yeah, I think having those two skill sets, they play off each other really well. Yeah. And I don't want to necessarily just do one or the other. It's like, I hope they create opportunities that help the other. Um, They're very interesting. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's, you know, like, you need to have lots of skills. So you can't just do one thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you've got to do kind of everything to an extent. But it, yeah. Yeah, so what's what do you look forward to most about your shows? Um, well, first of all, I'm looking forward to getting through tonight's one because I feel so nervous. And like, I think I think once I do tonight's, yeah. I'll probably be a bit more yeah. relaxed. So tonight... I'm interviewing Brian Bear and Sylvia, or aka Matt Hickman, Jody Finley, who've both been on the podcast before, mm-hmm. both lovely people. So I think tonight's show, it's a, as you sort of mentioned, I alluded yeah. to it, it's a deep dive into Scottish music. So that'd be really, that'd be really cool. Um, I think, I'm, to be honest, I think I'm just most looking forward to taking the show to like a live audience. Yeah. Um, you know, something I've sort of said we've done before, but I've never, I've never done anything like this. I think we're both, as we're talking about off, off air, like kind of pushing us as our comfort zone, which, yeah. is, which is great. You've got to swim towards the fear and like, I think I'll be really nervous tonight. I think next week I'm hoping that if I get through tonight, I'll, I'll be a bit more relaxed. Because yeah. um, next week we've got um, Shirley and Susie from Black Scott Pod, which is a really cool podcast in Scotland. Um, that'll be a really fun one to do with someone I'm not interviewed, but people yeah. I've not interviewed before either, so that I can uh, rely on the more format <laughs> questions for that. Um, and then the last show we've got a uh, regular podcast guest Rebecca Riddle who's obviously been on the podcast before interviewed me J- uh, Joe O'Neill who's brilliant Jasmine Gleason who obviously did your show we mentioned earlier in this episode I'm um, all been on the podcast before and like people have made sort of become friends of free yeah. podcasting so it'll be really special to have them on stage for the last show yeah. and it's like a celebration of the it's podcast it's a celebration yeah. of the podcast that's what kind of I'm most looking forward to and um, it was really special having people like you and friends who have supported yeah. the podcast in the crowd tonight and like just seeing connecting with the audience because I mean I do this on Zoom yeah. and I upload it and sometimes you feel a bit lonely because yeah, like, yeah. you don't know who listens really yeah. you don't, people are nice enough online but it's not the same so basically I'm hoping it'll be a massive ego boost for me yeah. and, nah, I'm joking I, I think it'll be really, really special and um, you know, we put so much work into this yeah. podcast, so yeah. I'm hoping we can just, you know, pull that off. But we will see. We'll shall see. Um, but before we wrap up, and I know this episode's not as long as usual, it's maybe a, it's a bit different, but um, it just sort of thought it'd be nice to chat to you while you're here about your show and stuff. Um, but just to quickly close, what would your advice be um, two years on from when you were last mm. on the podcast that will change from last time to anyone that maybe wants to work yeah. in the creative industry, particularly I think, what you're doing now? I think back yourself like I think if you if you think it's like do something that you think you're capable of not necessarily that you have done before but like, mm-hmm. you know like something challenging that you believe that you're capable of. just back yourself to to take that risk and do it um, and because if you if you back yourself then other people will too most likely um, yeah, I guess I think people have said this most shows but just do it just do it if, if you that's our you most know. common answer from the vice yeah. like we're going to get sponsorship from Nike one of these days <laughs> but it's true though. I think you do have to like, like for example like, I was sort of like should I apply to do the free yeah. fringe and take the podcast and I was sort of uh, yeah. should I even make a podcast in the first, you, once you sort of take the risk you keep yeah. pushing yourself it sort of slowly comes into place yeah. and sometimes it doesn't and that's part of the process yeah. isn't it I think enjoying the process as well and just 
it, there is going to be ups and downs. And now I'm sounding like David Brent, so I feel like I should shut up. But um, I think you don't like as before you actually make a choice. Like there's so many possibilities that you could go down. But like as soon as you make one choice, and it's like okay, I'm going to definitely do this. It kind of becomes clearer. So it's like mm. things start lining up easier. So it's like yeah, just make a choice, even if it's the wrong choice. Just make a choice. Yeah, no, 100%. Well, thank you very much for your time this afternoon, Kyle. I appreciate it. I know it's you're been, tired. You've been, been on fun. six days. No, it's been good. Should we quickly... Um, we definitely did a better job than the first recording. Yeah. It was much more on, on message. But should we quickly... I thought it would maybe be nice, mm-hmm. out with comedy particularly, but like, mm-hmm. do you want to just plug a couple of shows of people that you know are in Edinburgh that you'd seen so far? Okay. Apart from besides mine. mine. Besides Liars and Clans at 10.20 assembly rooms. <laughs> um, um, I think... Well, I mean, Josh Glantz, we've said. Oliver Coleman... Um, I saw his in Melbourne and it was phenomenal. His is at the same time as mine at Monkey Barrel, so do do back to back nights. Go see my show one night, Oliver's the next. Um, I mean, Flo and Joan, I saw them in Melbourne. Um, yeah, I think, to be honest, like, maybe I'm a bit biased because I've worked at Monkey Barrel before, but even just like hanging around there and just seeing whatever's mm. on. Um, yeah, there's just so much great stuff. Of course, there. and we're seeing Tim Key's show next week. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. So I mean, he doesn't need, he doesn't really need yeah, the plug. He's, he's big enough. He's um, I think just to quickly for me, I'd like to plug. We saw on Monday as well. Remember the Beatles or a boy band? Really, really cool play. Um, really like. Well, I mean, we obviously had them on the podcast two weeks ago, the F bomb theater. But what they sort of pulled off was so good. They balanced humor and such a serious topic yeah. as like violence against women and such and powerful way that I like I don't know it was it it was something I, you know I bet a few I won't forget well. great yeah. act and great writing so I'd, they're still on so go back and listen to that episode as well but definitely check that out um, obviously another comedian I love I try and see every year Mark Nelson is a brilliant Scottish comedian Gareth Waugh another one I'm trying to think so Jasmine who we talked about is doing my sh- the podcast at the end of the month one of the live shows she's got two shows on and I've totally forgotten the name of her play <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes and she's got a comedy show on as well at nine o'clock at the caves um, called Razmataz and that's also um, very good um, I'm going to one more shout out to Liv McLeod from she's from Melbourne good friends with my brother she's got a show called Pash at Gilded Balloon yeah which you saw as well um, it's good I, fu- it's, I, I thought it's really funny really um, funny yeah very like it's, phys- it's like a one woman show and it's like mm. she's on stage the whole time it's a very physical performance yeah. and yeah very well good. anyway there's, you've also got the fringe book you don't need me and Kyle yeah. keep going on and on Kyle thank you for your time no, I was, I've, I've thank you so as well um, and yeah fingers crossed tonight's first live show goes well we'll see yeah, it'll we'll be see. great it'll cheers be great. Kyle it's been great there you go that was episode 87 just get a real job my dear friend Kyle Dolan thank you to Kyle again for his time remember to go and see his late night comedy show Liars and Clowns if you're in Edinburgh this month at the Fringe there's a link to that in the show notes remember to come down and support us at the Voodoo Rooms if you're about next Wednesday or on the 24th which is also Wednesday night 20 past 7 in the French Quarter there's links to that underneath the podcast as well and of course if you want to go and support anything at the Fringe and you're in Edinburgh I mean it's always good to do if you're listening to this and you don't live in Edinburgh and you're sick of us talking about the Fringe very sorry well, normal service will resume next month when we sort of don't do Fringe themed episodes but yeah that's all we have time for this week thank you for listening as always we'll be back with a normal episode on Tuesday normal service will resume but until then remember to share us on social media tell friends and family to listen all the usual stuff we say and have a great weekend just get a real job.